Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Well, here we here we come again. And uh, I'm Jim Gerhardt. Patrick Lavery, riding shotgun with me today. Patrick, good to have you. Good oh, to be Patrick, here, incidentally, is the you are the senior morning news producer. Yes. I, I believe. Is that correct title? Uh, it's something uh, <laughs> akin to It's a to long that. title. There, there, are, uh, there are too many words and, uh, uh, frankly, too, too many things that, that I do that um, I, I think – I think sometimes uh, we define ourselves by by what those titles are, but uh, basically, I just I just kind of come in and help out wherever needed. I just wanted to establish the fact that at the station, you're kind of the the uh, what do they call it the uh, uh, the, uh, oh, the the ut- Renaissance man, the yeah, man who does a the, little bit of everything, the utility uh, player, utility yeah. player. You know, a couple of interesting things kind of jump out. We talk essentially about life in the Great Garden State of New mm-hmm. Jersey, and sometimes get a little bit uh, away from that. But just things coming up right now. The uh, governor and the Democrats are touting and uh, patting themselves on the back, thumping their chest. We have a $15 an hour minimum wage. Well, we talked about this a little bit last week. We actually don't. It's like we're going to have a $15 an hour right. at some point. Some people in five years. Mm-hmm. Some people in 10 years. Right. Correct. But nobody's got it now. Right. It's not going to be they are going to gradually phase it in. And that is not even going to start until July. I think it goes, it goes to, to ten dollars yeah. in July and then it'll bump up a dollar a year <laughs> to twenty twenty four. Unless economic conditions right. necessitate the legislature for changing the whole thing. And that often is <laughs> a condition of many of these these bills and, and measures that are passed. They say Unless, you know, you, you heard you heard recently that uh, the revenue projections by the Murphy administration were way off from uh-huh. what they were supposed to be. So I think that uh, may have affected some things that they've already put into motion uh, and will continue to do. Um, but, yeah, you always get that kind of caveat that uh, that says, well, you know, if we miss budget by. Fifty million dollars, or whatever it is. Yeah. When is the budget address? It's usually March. I believe it, it uh, is March fifth. Uh-huh. So it'll be, and then uh, we'll know because again, as we discussed last week, and according to uh, news people, mm. uh, they're not even talking about that. Nobody knows what the governor has in mind. Maybe he doesn't know what he has in mind really right now. Yeah, I, I think some of the the chatter coming out of Trenton. Um, and really, nobody who wants to go on the record and, and say this, but uh, those uh, those nefarious uh, some sources say yeah. uh, that maybe there is no plan right now. Maybe it's not that uh, <laughs> the governor is hiding cards, just maybe he doesn't know what the cards are yet. <laughs> oh, do you know something? Speaking of the minimum wage, mm. this is an aside. You know that there were. Now, I don't know if it still obtains, whether they have changed this or not. But not long ago, there were two classifications of jobs, of labor, that were not subject to the minimum wage. Okay. 
One was mollusk hus- uh, harvesters, <laughs> which I guess is what the shellfish. And snails and oysters and things the like that. The other was yeah. radio announcers. <laughs> Honest to Pete. So I was thinking during coming in this morning, a clever trick now for if you're an employer mm-hmm. and you were faced with this increase in the minimum wage, right. you would like to exempt your employees, then you I don't know that you can send them down to start harvesting clams right. off the south jersey coast right but you can have them call radio stations <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm hopefully I'm hours I'm, I'm thinking of of those two professions which takes more skill and and which which would be which would be the easier <laughs> one brainer right, right to divert from, people i know too. from people in the business <laughs> but anyway the uh i think the the thing that should make people's uh you know paid a little bit of attention here if you are a fan of having somebody pump your gas I think you can pretty much forget that yeah. because by the time this starts kicking in, I think the gas stations are all going to exercise enough combined political influence right. to end this ban on uh, self-pump. I-, I said this to my wife the other night, uh, the day after the minimum wage uh, bill was passed by both houses. And of course, it was uh, just signed by the governor. I said, because uh, we were talking about uh, self-serve. And she grew up in Pennsylvania, in the Philly Mm -hmm. suburbs, and so she was used to pumping her own gas until she moved to New Jersey, and now she feels feels that she's out of practice. Uh, Meanwhile, my my mother, who has lived in New Jersey her entire life, uh, has never pumped her own gas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's going to have to uh, learn a new skill, which uh, is is still not as easy as radio announcing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I like this in New Jersey. We're the only state left. Oregon right, kind of knuckled under. Yeah. But we're the only state left. I, why pay somebody? I mean, why, why do something yourself when somebody else gets paid to do it for you? Mm-hmm. Now, that's the lazy person's out. I don't, think, I don't think that I would be able to buy gas out of New Jersey now. Right. And, and and running through it in my head, because I really haven't bought gas outside for a while, mm. but I running it through my head, I think my problem would be, how do you pay for it? You see, it used to be yeah. you'd have to go in. Uh, you would have to go into the convenience where, where, store or yeah, wherever. Yeah. Where the fried pork skins and the right. RC colas are. Right. right. And make some arrangement, put a deposit down, <laughs> yeah, and then go out. Now you can stick a credit card in, I think, but I wouldn't know exactly. which card, which side, where to do it. Yeah, um, the instructions at most pumps uh, th- that I've seen out of state are are fairly straightforward, but also it's like if, if you take your card to an ATM at a bank, there could be uh, yes. Someone who mm-hmm. has put little uh, little cameras there and uh, little skimming devices <laughs> to steal your identity. So that's another thing that you have to watch out for. It's a it's a perilous world that we live in. No, nobody nobody is safe. Right. Oh, oh, you know that brings up something else. Mm. We, there's much talk about a wall, the border wall. That's yes. the big thing. Everybody's involved one way or the other. Right. In building a border wall. Now, not even commenting on that. Why, if the government can do that or consider it, why can't they build a wall against telemarketing and spam <laughs> phone calls? Really? It, the technology must be there somehow or other. You know, the the do not call registry when that came out oh, maybe yeah. 10, 15 years ago, I'm sure it was well-intentioned. It worked for a while. It worked for a while. It uh-huh. is starting not to work because the telemarketers are starting to circumvent uh, ways around it. And I can't tell you how many calls I get uh, on my cell phone that I just don't yes, answer. Yes, 
because I mean, I, mm-hmm. it used to be no matter who would call, you would pick up the phone in your house. Yeah. But now if you have a cell phone, you have caller ID. If you even have a, a landline now, you probably have caller ID coming through your television because they're connected. Do you have that pop up on your TV? The that'll I, flash I just the phone number to have started. Yes. Yeah. I, some I had somebody else notice that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it. Yeah. But again, I was reading a story yesterday. This is staggering. Twenty six point two billion robocalls were made in America last year. Twenty six point two in, in twenty two thousand eighteen. Twenty six point two billion. Uh, I. Can't claim I got the lion's share of it, but it used to not come in on your uh, on your Android or your your cell phone, right? Uh, for a while, then they. Uh, so there goes the end of that. But I again, I'd, right. I'd like to see some uh, some action somehow or other. To, now, some of the carriers I noticed, I think it was one is it AT and T or one of them automatically says robocall. Some are yes. going to do it, but they're going to charge you for it. Right. And, and I'm trying to do while we're talking about this, I'm, I'm trying to do the uh, the calculations here. Uh, let's see. By my calculations, uh, that's 71 million calls a day. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, that's uh, sure. Almost three, three million calls an hour. Yeah. Yeah. That, OK, so we have a three hundred and uh, what, 50 roughly million population about. Yep. Now, half of them uh, probably don't have phones. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I, I, that's not true. I was saying, you know, you got man, woman, callow youth, suckling babe. <laughs> right. They all, but maybe nowadays they all do have cell phones. Yeah, and, so, and, so it's, it's not it's not outrageous that you would, if you boil it down to individuals who have mm-hmm. these phones, right? Half a dozen or so a day is not out of a. Uh, I I, cert- I certainly don't think it's it's out of the question, and, and yeah, this is something that we have uh, covered uh, on on the news side of things um, quite often. Is the kids that are getting the cell phones now at eight or nine years old, and when cell phones were first becoming prominent, late nineties, early two thousands. I mean, that's when I was growing up, and I didn't get my first cell phone until I was fifteen. And there are child psychology advocates who say that that's the age that you should get your first cell phone. But uh, parents never want to be disconnected and the kids want the technology. So now at eight, nine, ten years old is, is when they're first uh, connected to a cell phone. And, and the mm-hmm. telemarketing calls start probably the day after that. I saw I saw a child who was couldn't have been. A, I don't think it was a year old because I, I know the family somewhat. Who had one? No, mm-hmm. it was not. It's not a real. It's a toy one. Right. See, when I was a kid, and maybe you too, we mm-hmm. used to get little play telephones. Oh yeah, looks sure. like a phone. Sure. And if you push it, then uh, what? Howard the Duck or yeah, I had, I had, the, I had the, the one. Now. I had. I think I had the one with the Sesame Street characters. The Sesame yeah. Street characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Elmo. Right. That's how answers the phone. Oh, but times are changing. We're jumping all over things this morning, but these are things that are kind of flying around in the air. There is a a bill in the Philadelphia Council Mm -hmm. that would ban businesses from refusing to take cash for a purchase. Yeah, and and this has also kind of been an issue in New York City, uh, along with uh, many restaurants that uh, fold in the gratuity as part of the bill. 
So these are, you know, changing, oh. changing trends in how you pay for things. And uh, there, there's a lot of resistance to it. Well, uh, there's so many ways to look at that. One is yeah. that it's certainly the wave of the future. So many things going on, you mm-hmm. know, at some point. Uh, now, cash is going to be eliminated. Right. Now, there's a big advantage in that because mm-hmm. that would kick the bedickens out of the dr- illegal drug trade. Right. For those of you who don't like the illegal drug trade, a whole lot of people make their living on it. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. that's, uh, you know, I, I think we touched on this a little bit last week, but it's kind of funny. Uh, when people are asked to evaluate this current administration, mm-hmm. the first thing that most people will say is, well, I don't know, where's my marijuana? <laughs> right, right. Uh, of all this stuff's going on in political uh, in the political arena in New Jersey, mm-hmm. it seems like the thing that's getting the most interest is people wanting their marijuana. Right, and and we were talking about this uh, just a little while ago in in the newsroom how uh, now finally after a year you saw with the minimum wage and then I think the next thing will that they'll concentrate on will be marijuana. How Murphy is kind of systematically trying to fulfill all these campaign promises that he made back in 2017. Now, the marijuana, he has uh, met a lot of uh, resistance to that, uh, including largely from within his own party, Mm. uh, which I don't think he uh, expected. But uh, given the nature of the primary campaign, uh, I I can't say I'm surprised because of how many uh, people he uh, took on and and turned back, including, as uh, you talked about with Bob in in the last podcast, uh, the president of the senate yeah yeah what uh how about the sanctuary state business now he he did talk about that during the campaign mm-hmm. uh there were stories saying he's backed off it a bit other stories that say no this is as you say it's in the pecking order right coming up now in november or december i think it was it was sometime late last year um he ordered the attorney general to issue a directive Um, that would discourage local police departments from cooperating uh, with immigration Mm -hmm. officials. And I think that was was part of it. I I don't think I don't think he's gone quite as far as putting through any kind of official Mm -hmm. um, paperwork to declare us a sanctuary state, because what is a sanctuary state? Really, it's it's kind of a nebulous definition. It, It really there there is no. Uh, you can't join the the Federation of uh, Sanctuary States. But it would basically be not be illegal to be here anymore in the state of New Jersey. Right. There would be no onus upon that standing short of a crime. But then, according Correct. to these directives, mm. there was the famous case that may have put a little bit of a crimp in the governor's style here, in which the person was released from prison, went out to the Midwest and killed three people. Well, sure. So sure. I think that may have given them a little bit of pause. Now— Here's one. You talk about the uh, all the story about the driver's licenses yes. for people. That is eh, on the same day. I saw two stories. One said mm-hmm. that he's backing off. The other says it's in the works. Well, so where do, where does it stand right now? Do you, uh, we we were we were talking about this, and we were saying, um, you know, there is this cross section of uh, privileges that uh, the administration wants to hand to people. Um, do you, uh, let people who are undocumented, um, do you let them drive? Do you let them vote? Do you let people in prison vote? Do you mm. let people in prison smoke? Do you give them more <laughs> cigarettes to smoke? So, the, you know, the, there, there's yeah. a whole, 
there's a whole host of questions as to um, people with certain social status uh, in this state, what they can and can't or will or won't be allowed to do. And and that's part of it. Um, the measure to uh, issue driver's licenses is making some headway. Um, but there are questions um, that, that we've kind of bandied about with that because uh, this real ID business is going to come into effect. It was supposed to be, I think, this year. Uh, it's going to be mandated, I think, by next year. But that will... Um, supposedly make it easier for you to get through security at the airport and things like that. You won't need all these points of ID. This real ID will not only be uh, your driver's license, but it will satisfy all of these other uh, immigration and customs uh, guidelines. I got in the mail, I think it was last week, a notice from the state that my driver's license needs to be renewed. Mm -hmm. It will expire in, I believe it's around the 1st of March or something. Mm -hmm. So I've had it for whatever the requisite number of years. Now, I've been driving, I hate to tell you how many years, legally, <laughs> with, with driver. <laughs> I think I was driving before Henry Ford invented the car. But anyway, I've had a driver's license in, in New Jersey. Now, in order to renew my driver's license, which I have, I show my hand, I say, I'll show it to him. In order to renew it, I have to go down to the uh, Motor Vehicle Commission local office uh-huh. with a birth certificate, uh, passport, I think there's six points yeah. of identification. Really? It, that, well, now, how many illegal immigrants are going to have six points of identification? How many are right. going to have one? Right, right. Other than what you make up the name or, you know, whatever name you decide to go right. by. Well, and that's that's what they're saying. What, what would you need for that? Uh, you'd have to bring in a utility bill, you know, some sort of proof of address. But that would be insensitive. Right. Right. There's there's a there's a whole other side to that where, um, you know, we brought up the the idea just just kicking it around as a news story. Is it going to be easier for you to get a driver's license uh, as someone who's in this country illegally than if you are a legal citizen? Because the burden on legal citizens to provide uh, those six points of ID is 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 pretty strong. Um, I. I'm surprised that they're making you go into the office because there was this um, push several years ago, what the uh, Motor Vehicle Commission called Skip the Trip. And you were supposed to be able to go uh, online and uh, renew or renew by mail or something like that so that you wouldn't have to bother with actually physically going to the office, standing in a line. Uh, dealing with someone who uh, has been there since seven o'clock in the morning and at four thirty in the afternoon just wants to go home. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it goes. So it right. goes. Oh, the, uh, uh, the. Were you see one of one of the problems? Uh, sometimes it's good, but sometimes it's not. When mm-hmm. you sat here for what twenty seven years, as I right. did, on the doing the morning show talking mm-hmm. about New Jersey, everything that comes up. Yeah. The mind is sitting running up like through index cards and dropping <laughs> ones down here yeah. that are parallel to that. Uh talk about the motor vehicle uh commission. Yeah. It is now. The it was the department of DMV, the Department the DMV, of Motor Vehicles. Right. Do you remember back when this was purely a trip to hell to go to one of those for anything? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I remember, um, you know, I remember my parents dreading it. Uh, I remember when I was getting uh, a driver's license uh, for the first time, 
um, just having to wait and, and wait and wait. And in my general experience, a lot of times the, um, the bite was worse than the bark. Uh, I, I, I want to say the, the reputations of mm-hmm. these people, um, preceded them that they were uh-huh. ornery and hard to deal with. And you had to, it was like, um, it, the, the reputation of, of a DMV worker years ago before a lot of the services moved online and the lines thinned out at the physical locations. Um, it was kind of like that one cheesesteak place in Philadelphia where you have to order correctly or they send you back <laughs> to the back of the line. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, the, 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 believe me, some of them that I encountered were as bad as yeah. you said, or mm. worse. They, apparently, they didn't want to be there, and, right? And you were an imposition upon them. And, and what happened? You'd stand in a long line, mm-hmm. and finally, you you pay them a quarter to rent a pen, <laughs> and you get, and they tell you to go get in line six. You go to line six. About the time you're the third person out, yeah. the person behind it will just walk into a back room. Now, they all had back rooms. I don't know what went on back there, you know, what goes (laughs) on behind the green door. But there was something very compelling because you could watch the people behind the counter. There's always somebody going in the back room. You never saw anybody come out. I guess they did. (laughs) Maybe maybe they had cheesesteaks. Cheesesteaks back there, probably. (laughs) Something. Uh, What else? See, so many things going on here. Sticking with some of the things that are current. You would know more about this than I because this just came up. I had not seen Mm. it before. But apparently there is either legislation or I don't know if this passed or not. I went through one of the houses or both the houses, but they say the governor is sure to sign it. And I don't say this with any disrespect. It's just that I absolutely cannot remember all the letters, this alphabet soup organization. Right. But anyway, schools are mandatorily Mm -hmm. going to have to start teaching the accomplishments and the value of the LQGC over pi minus the square root of infinity right. or something group right. to school kids. What, uh, at what age is this being done? Uh, you you know, know, that that is a good question. I think it's middle and high school, uh, just off the top of my head. Um, I, I think probably that uh, those, those preteen to teen years, I think, would be... Um, it, now, it, it, generally... There's all this talk, you know, about uh, New York was uh, the first to do this. New York mm-hmm. City, where you could declare X on your birth certificate rather than um, rather than male or or female. Um, now, I I think there's there's a point to be made where um, they say gender is a social construct and and male and female. You hear that a lot. Uh-huh. That's that, that's a phrase that you hear a lot, um, but. Uh, personally, I think that if you're going to talk about someone's uh, sexuality, you know, when do you when do you as a growing person in the world really even consciously become aware even of of what you're feeling? You could be a boy who likes to dress up like a girl at, at five years old, but as far as. Um, what you talk about, the LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual, transgender, uh, when you start to actually feel that, um, I think it would have to just by nature be a little bit older. So I think that is the age range that they're shooting for with this education. But but, but I question the necessity of it at all. Mm-hmm. Now, th- this is an amazing phenomenon, uh, mm. sociological phenomenon, that 
certain behaviors that would have gotten you in jail a generation ago or a little mm-hmm. bit more than that mm-hmm. in some parts of the world executed right but they were crimes mm-hmm. all of a sudden in one generation have become almost holy sacraments right because the groups that bond together in this are endlessly intimidating right. see that that's what I, right. say. I have no problem with what they do this is fine if this is what you want to do but i would like you to sit down and be quiet for a while uh, and and let people absorb this because there are people whose moral compass <laughs> was set, right. their polar star was set mm. back before right. this change. Now they're not causing any problem, uh, you know, generally speaking, very mm. rare, and yet it takes a while to absorb a, a sea change culturally. Sure. So uh, you know, just just be easy for we'll let people absorb this, but. Here's what here's what got me, regardless of what it is, whether it's this or something else. Sure. This is the first instance I know. Now, we know that the education system, uh, backed by the state of the government, mm-hmm. is into big-time ideological uh, indoctrination. Right. See what, you know, what's going on. Not everyone, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, the political indoctrination in school is a big thing. This is the first step for moral indoctrination. Mm-hmm. by the government right now right. that is something that i think you should maybe you know hold on there for a moment it, it's it's something you've that opened the door here for something that is again you see again the old school if you want was that parents are supposed to do that mm-hmm. or your moral institutions right if you wanted church mm-hmm. ethical groups or what mm-hmm. have you would set that, and, and the children would be taught by the main culture being filtered down into the family. Right. But now that is, in this case, it's taken out of the hands. There's no, there's no saying, nothing in there that would say that, like uh, inoculations and vaccinations, that you could opt out of it for moral reasons. You, you, right. Your kid has to sit there and do it, listen to it. Yeah. Then the kid's going to have to go home in many cases and be at total odds with the parents. Which undercuts right. the parental authority, obviously. Yeah. And 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 I think, I think sometimes uh, the schools and the school systems um, do that, uh, and they ma- they make you think that they don't mean to do it, but they do. Oh, it's on purpose. Where they where they think they know better than the parents. Mm-hmm. And I'll I'll tell you another thing um, that I just kind of I processed in uh, watching. One particular movie that that was out um, this awards season um, was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody about uh, Freddie Mercury from uh, from Queen. And when you when the part of the movie um, that deals with his realization of of his sexuality comes out, I mean, that was in the 70s. And I think uh, England only decriminalized homosexuality in 1967. So, I mean, Mm. the, the 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 timeline the timeline of of that um, was kind of was kind of jarring to think about. Um, that, like you said, you know, certain viewpoints and certain ways of life um, within two or three generations ago were criminal acts. Oh yes, yeah. yes. And now they're not only uh, legitimate, but because of all this pushing, and, and to me, it's intimidation, really. Yeah. Uh, it's considered, as I said, a sacrament almost. Not obviously don't want to connect that with the church, right. except God help what the stained glass windows are going to look like in another generation. <laughs> what Paul and 
Barnabas were actually doing there. But uh, that's another matter. Uh, but, but the fact that the state is it, the state is carrying on or carrying out moral indoctrination, political mm-hmm. indoctrination. We've almost had to accept that's been shoved down our throats too. Right. So, but that this this would be uh, groundbreaking in a sense because they have to present it right. as something that's good, positive. And and it really it, to me, and and maybe I'm not putting enough emphasis on it or the emphasis that I should be putting on it, but to me, um, that measure compared with everything else that's been going on that we've covered already, minimum wage and marijuana mm-hmm. and all these things. That kind of popped up over the weekend, and it really flew under the radar. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of passed without any uh, real opposition or uh, anything like that until people realized that it had passed mm-hmm. and was going to go to the governor, and now people are starting to talk about it. Well, this, I think, is part of what I'm talking about, the intimidation factor there, mm-hmm. because if this is presented by this group or one of these groups or a subgroup in that group, and it is not acted upon, mm. then God help you. They're in everybody's face, and they're yelling again and pushing for it. There are too many groups, entities, that have too much intimidating power right now. Mm. That uh, it, it's, it's so many things that are proscribed. I mean, you see this every day about uh, people cannot present any kind of, uh, not even an opposing view, but what is not according to the left progressive conservative line right. you can't even present it right a couple of week uh, over the weekend i saw a couple of stories of speakers who were banned from speaking at colleges mm-hmm. one was a conservative speaker and he's not a wild-eyed radical speaker right he was banned from speaking at a, a, a college that builds itself a christian college <laughs> we we um we talked yesterday about uh possibly uh running a story and we we chose not to put it in our newscast but it was out in other media outlets in new jersey There is a comedian who grew up in New Jersey, uh, West Orange, I believe it was, um, who obviously does a stand up act and has done TV and everything like that and was going to uh, do a speaking engagement at his alma mater at West Orange High School. Well, the high school, I don't know if they canceled an actual scheduled appearance or they discouraged him from appearing or something like that because uh, part of his stand up act Uh, very seriously deals with um, a time in his life when he felt suicidal. And the high school apparently said, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want you talking to the kids about suicide. Uh, Well, (laughs) the times they are a changing. (laughs) Right. So many, just just jumping now to something that it, it was the hugest, biggest story of the week was this governor of Virginia. Yes. And they're still yelling uh, about this. It, to me, it was was very, very interesting because what he is alleged to have done, of course, was when he was in college at some sort of a, an entertainment a party or what, he had allegedly, because you couldn't tell who if you saw the picture, it was mm-hmm. in the yearbook. Mm-hmm. One person had appeared in uh, what blackface. Right. And the other one was in a Ku Klux Klan mm-hmm. type thing. Well, suddenly, and I certainly... <laughs> would not do that or want to do it. And I understand some of the feelings. This became the biggest sin since Judas Iscariot. Right. And Judas probably would not be held as accountable as this person is. Right. And and it's almost the, the explosion here. Uh, it's like 
he stole the Lord's Supper and wiped his chin, let us say, on the tablecloth. <laughs> it's unprecedented evil, and it's going on and on and on. I, now, the year that in which that happened, right? I believe it was the early eighties or something 83 like three or eighty-four. Yeah. Well, now here, why are? I remember there were a couple of movies. I think, uh, as a matter of fact, Gene Wilder was involved in both of them. Blazing mm-hmm. Saddles. Yes. Uh, he and Cleavon Little, mm-hmm. again, the sheriff, toward the end of the movie, when they were trying, Mel was trying to figure out a way to get out of the movie, mm-hmm. they had him in uh, uh, the Ku Klux Klan sheets and, and, right. and he did a, a bantering thing in the blackface. Right. And also, again, Gene Wilder in, uh, what was it, the Silver Streak, wasn't it, the train? Oh, when he yeah. and Richard Pryor, yes. and they did the blackface bit. Yes. Well, now, you wouldn't yes. be able to do that now. No, and, and I, I think because everybody would start, you know, screaming racism. Right. Uh, but that's just just two things. But but getting back to it now, I may get in trouble for saying this. OK. When I was a kid, the town in which I grew up every year, the Lions Club had a minstrel. Right. Maybe maybe that's the M word. I'm not supposed to say it. No, no. I, I think that that um, uh, people people know what that is still nowadays uh, obviously it's not something that you could do now um but they know it's it's place in the uh mm-hmm. history of racism in but this country. do you go yeah. back now generations and say that i or my parents or kids i grew up with or anybody in the audience is a racist i mean it was a part of the culture you didn't it was totally separated from any concept Right. Of race. And and the governor's, uh, the Virginia governor's defense, if you can call it a defense, uh, was that he was um, dressing up as, is, is that a telemarketer? You bet your, <laughs> you, you, uh, I, 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 see, I talk, what's, uh, this is another matter, but just quickly, <laughs> my, 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 my Android is two years old. The contract ended. Yeah. So it's just going haywire now because <laughs> what it's saying, come back and get another one. Right. So it didn't turn off. Yeah. Oh, that, telemarketer. That is, yeah. That is where they get uh, you. But, uh, the Virginia governor's defense, um, is kind of ironic because uh, again, this picture was taken in 83 or 84 and he says, even though it's not, he doesn't believe it's him in the picture, he did dress up in blackface at one point yeah. uh, as Michael Jackson, which, of course, is irony of all ironies, because that's when Michael Jackson's skin uh, itself started to turn colors. But can can you imagine um, what kind of thought process and what kind of crisis he must be going through to say, uh, no, that's not me mm-hmm. in the picture, but yes, this is something that I did. That would be but, that would be like O.J. Simpson saying, no, I didn't kill my ex-wife and that other guy, but I did kill somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, to me, uh, this is all part of something. Now, if you disagree with somebody about anything, uh, especially, you know, ideological things yeah. or, or social matters, yeah. rather, you cannot just say, well, look, I disagree with that. That, that was that was a stupid damn thing to do, because most yeah. of these offenses are just based on, on uh, ignorance, really. Right. Uh, so it was a stupid thing to do. You can't just say that. You yeah. have to respond with hate. Yeah. And even simpler things than that. Yeah. Anybody disagrees, you don't you, you just this sudden burst outpouring tsunami of hate. Absolutely right. It's, it's, and, and yet in the name of calling the other person doing something hateful yeah you it's uh (laughs) absolutely right it's it's not just i disagree with you it's Mm. i disagree with you and you're wrong and you're awful and let me tell you why yeah and you should be exterminated because of it right 
I, I'm always remembered of, of the the good Pope Innocent the uh, second or third, possibly, mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, 1218 or something like that, mm-hmm. when they were faced with what was called the Albigensian heresy. Okay, uh, he had declared anyone who holds an opinion mm-hmm. of God that is not consistent with church doctrine shall be burned without mercy. <laughs> But I, and I always like that <laughs> as yeah. an analogy because it was an opinion. You didn't have right. to do anything. Right. If somebody accused you of having an opinion that was counter to it. Right. I, it just seems to me that so much of this is overblown. Now, there'll be people who come back because they're, they are, it's almost a knee-jerk thing mm. about building this into an enormity. Yeah. And I understand a lot of people could be very sensitive to that. But if you look at it from a cultural, a historical perspective— mm. This sort of thing was done. I don't know if this is true or not, but I had once read uh, by a historian that the idea of what painted face entertainments, the minstrel show, started mm-hmm. with black people either during the later ages of uh, era of slavery or after the emancipation. They would have these entertainments, and they would put maybe just for themselves white face on mm-hmm. to make fun of the establishment oh i i think there's a huge reconciliation and and i've i've been in theater my my whole life and i think there's a huge reconciliation um to still be had about the the very 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 um questionable history um of people appearing as uh, as races that they're not supposed to be i mean mm-hmm. the the great tradition of uh, kabuki theater in Japan mm, yes. is is another is another example, mm-hmm. um, but a, absolutely, I I think there is uh, definitely truth to um, that, and and not to say that it uh, not to say that it it worked both ways with um, one race mm-hmm. appearing as as one and the other appearing as the other, um, but I I think there's a, a lot of history in um, media and performance representation. Um, of the races that we still have yet to unravel. Well, the the racial sensitivity has reached almost uh, cosmic proportions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to get the name now, a, a very prominent uh, African-American journalist who also was prominent in the civil rights movement had observed some of this Gosh, I can't think of the name. It'll come. Yeah. Uh, but very, very well known, very prominent, very mm. bright man. He made the remark one time about some incidents somewhat similar to this. Mm. And he said, racial paranoia has driven us all crazy. Mm. Racial paranoia is making us all insane, I mm-hmm. think is what he said. And I think this is what you get into. Much of it is understandable. But uh, maybe maybe we should stop being so sensitive about everything. Mm. This great sensitivity, which, again, I'm not going to get into this now because this will unfold into something else. Right. I think it comes out of the politically correct uh, area of victimization. Mm-hmm. Everybody yes. has to be a victim because mm-hmm. there are special privileges in being a victim. But also, if you're a victim, you have a chance for revenge. 
on somebody because if you're a victim, right. they must be a victimizer. Right. And, and this is just so blown out of, out of complete proportion here. Must be a punishment to fit the crime. Yeah, maybe a little moderation. Let me let, let me light, just just something lighter. It has sure. nothing to do with that. Enough said about that because <laughs> th- this is this is a situation that obtains. Mm. And uh, it, it, well, just just one more thought. Martin Buber, you're familiar with Martin Buber, a, a, a genius, one of the great brains of the last century. Okay. And he uh, was a psychoanalyst and also mm. a great uh, writer. Okay. And he uh, was Jewish. He moved to uh, Israel in the last years, but he wrote brilliant kind of things. But he had a series of stories called Tales of the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov, uh, Eliezer was the founder of Hasidism. Okay. Yeah, the, the pious. <laughs> so this would go back to the early 18th century. But... Just one line that Martin Buber had said in writing about that, he said, God is in every thought mm-hmm. of every pious Jew. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that today. Race is in every thought yeah. of large segment of the population. Mm. How it gets resolved, I do not know. Mm. Uh, and what, uh, you know, whether, whether this is something that plays itself out, whether there will be sea changes in people's attitudes so it's not necessary yeah. anymore. Okay, Patrick Lavery and uh, Jim Gearhart just sort of, sort of kicking things around. Uh, climb the rigging of the good ship New Jersey 101.5, standing up here viewing the political horizon, <laughs> hoping we don't hove upon the shoals before it's <laughs> over. I'll talk about this next time. I'm getting so tired of this. And this is so far removed from what we've said, but the television presentation of Colonel Sanders <laughs> is just eating me up. They're making a total horse's ass out of a man who was a remarkable man. Yeah. I had the great privilege of knowing Colonel Sanders back mm-hmm. when he first started. Mm. And here is a man who had many, many accomplishments in his retirement. He decided to buy a little filling station down in uh, Kentucky. Right. And uh, nothing else to do, so he and his wife would cook up chicken and sell it to people. <laughs> like now, you run into the gas station, you right. get your pork rinds and your, your whatever, yep. uh, cola. And uh, so they, they had fried chicken. And so this is how it started. But that's beside the point. But here was an admirable person. Mm. And it burns me up to see this presentation on television <laughs> of this total damned idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's next time. Patrick, thank you very, very much. It's been a delight to talk with you, Patrick Lavery. It's good to have a voice of reason on this. Oh, if, if you're counting <laughs> not, not on— Not that Bob wasn't, but— If uh, you're counting on me to be the voice of reason, I, you, you may be proven to be mistaken. Well, you do pretty well. Work on it. We'll do it again next week. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks for listening to the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. Still cooking, and it's bigger than ever. From NJ1015.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.